Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, my friends. It is now episode seven of the Storybox podcast. Welcome one and all back to another awesome episode. This episode is going to be fun because I have my good friend Lawrence Pola on the show. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly, Lawrence. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this episode is a, lot, a ton of fun, like I said before. So we get to talking about Lawrence's career as an actor, um, how he got started in the industry, uh, some of the projects that he's been working on as well. Um, he's done some work for Holden, for some TV commercials as well. So if you've seen some ads on TV in revolving around Holden or Virgin Australia, Lawrence is probably in it. Um, same with, we talk about uh, some short films he's been in as well. Um, so lots of good information and lots of topics in here that are quite fun um i laugh a lot here because lawrence is a fun guy so i know you guys are gonna laugh a lot too um so anyway without me continuing on i now introduce to you introduce to you lawrence polar sweet uh hey everyone in internet land uh my name is lawrence lawrence ola Polar I use just for Instagram because ah. uh, Pilly is my middle name, so it's someone way to say Billy. Oh, I digress. I'm Lawrence Ola, and I am an actor in Australia, based in Sydney. Um, so, how how did I get started? Good question. Uh, when last year um, I'd worked at a uh, a manufacturing job for quite a long time, I'd moved up into management, um, but it came close to about eight and a half years at that job, and I thought. I kind of woke up one day and I thought, oh, I'll try something different. I'm going to quit my job this week. So I did. Just and like that. Yeah, just like that. So stupid me didn't think of the bigger picture. More just, <laughs> I just want to sleep in for a whole week and then see where that takes me. So um, luckily enough, I had a bit of savings. So I thought before I'd started that job, I actually wanted to do a bit of acting, a bit of music. And so I thought, you know, 18-year-old me missed out on that opportunity. So why not just do it now? So I dabbled in all types of things, did some music, um, did some writing. And then there was an advert on um, a website. Can we talk? Can we name drop stuff? It's yeah, yeah, go for it. So I signed up to a website called Star Now, which has done a lot for me. Um, and they had an advert for a government commercial, which had come up. And I thought, oh, you know, what the hey? I don't, I didn't have anything to my name besides a uh, two photo shoot campaigns I did for um, Lush Cosmetics, which was where I worked before. Um, went and did that and I got the job. So I thought, oh, this is great. And I went there and it shot for about 10 minutes and then that was it. 
Wow. So stupid me thought, wow, you just go in, you get paid to like talk for 10 minutes. I can do that. And so ended up, you know, liking that, wanting to, wanted to invest more in it. Um, got signed to an agent, how management, shout out. Uh, and then, then from there, it, it wasn't that easy to, to get into it because I had zero experience. So it was doing little jobs and asking friends for opportunities. But from there, it just kind of skyrocketed into what it is right now. You're very uh, comfortable around dogs though, which is pretty good. Normally people freak out when they see the big German Shepherd and they start jumping on them, like <laughs> freak out. Uh, but that's good. Um, so did you have like Instagram back then or Facebook to actually reach out and contact people? So I did have I did have Instagram, I did have Facebook, but it didn't click in my mind that those two would you know align in like a marketing perspective for more opportunities. Um, I just kind of went about my own thing. I think while I was doing the hustling for my own kind of thing, I, you know, I worked an office job, I worked like little promotion jobs here and there. Uh, but then it wasn't until later on towards the end of the year, you know, people would reach out into you know my DMs and say, hey, would you like to be a part of this and, you know, promote this product or shoot something for that? So I thought, oh, shit, this is, oh. <laughs> if my parents are listening to it, I'm sorry. Sunday. My parents listen to it as well. So oh, do like, don't, don't, don't get people on here that like to swear. I'm like, it's okay, mom. It's all good. The beauty of uh, editing. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, just looking at it, was only it when people started reaching out into my DMs for stuff. Oh, wow. This is like an untapped thing that I didn't even think of. So a lot of the stuff, like recent work that I've done now, um, you know, were, were through, you know, I saw your Instagram feed. I like your stuff. Can we work on something together? So. Yeah, that I'm. I am a very private kind of person mm. who doesn't like to. I'm. I'm a very private kind of Disney rated kind of person. So <laughs> DMs, you know, come through with work, and then sometimes DMs come through with like other stuff. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm <laughs> this trying is to gauge different. between them both. This yeah, is different. Um, but, but yeah, hopefully that answered your question. That's great. So um, it's a completely different world today than what it used to be like um, in terms of trying to get work. And mm -hmm. so did most of your jobs come through Star now that you found? Like up until, up until now? Up until now, uh, yeah. Or even before, when, like think, when you got started. Well, like When I got started, for sure. I, I think it wasn't, uh, I think it was about four months or four or five months before I got my first audition um, from my agent, which, you know, to their credit, it's because, you know, I didn't have any experience. So, you know, fair enough. But having to hustle through Star Now and getting to work on different kind of creative briefs like, you know, industrial films, TVCs and stuff like that really built up my experience. So I think to this day, it's almost about a 50-50 split between what I get from my agent and what I do through Star Now. So How long have you been doing it for? Uh, since oh, March last year. So really? A very short time. Wow. Okay. Very short indeed, but you've been able to accomplish quite a bit. Since that time, so, I, I, would, I would say so. I'm, I've been. I know some people hate this term, but I've been quite lucky. I was quite been, fortunate. I yes, was quite fortunate yeah. to have these opportunities. Yeah, that's great, man. And what have your as your support group has they been like really supportive of the process uh, regarding you being an actor? Or what was it like when you first told people like I'm going to become an actor? Because that can be for some people very like, oh, you're going to become an actor, an actor, really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I, I think there's a, my family just kind of just thought, oh, well, you know, 
this is just like another thing that you want to do. Sure, sure, great. I mean, they're ultimately supportive and they love watching my work when it does pop up from time to time. But I still feel like they're waiting for me to 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 get a day job. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is great, but so when are you going to go work in an office or a bank or something like that? Which, you know, that's the mentality that they grew up with. Yeah. You know, those jobs being the penultimate. So I don't blame them for, for thinking that. Um, I do have, you know, some really close friends of mine who are involved in the industry who are really supportive. And, you know, when I do say, oh, I'm going to become an actor or I am an actor, they're quite supportive. And then, you know, you get the the group of people like, oh, an actor, right. Mm. In what, background or in theater, you know, like kind of having a slight condescending tone when it comes to the general term of being an actor. But, you know, if you're in the industry or you know people in the industry, usually you're quite supportive. So, you know. And has it been hard when you first started out? What was the, what was going through your mind when, you're going through like trying to get the next job that came through like it would have been tough because your only source of income at that time would have probably been getting your next gig so what was that like for you just a note to everyone who wants to become an actor or we have kids who want to become an actor it is hard it is (laughs) really hard especially when you're relying on that for income so I think I can only speak for my case. I was really lucky that I managed to land like a national campaign for something, which really helped spark like an onslaught of stuff for me. So, but I know people I've been through it myself. There's a big struggle when it comes to, you know, stretching out a loaf of bread over five days or it's me goring for every single meal. So it's, I think the creative fulfillment that you get from doing it is great, but it's a struggle. Like if you can live with your parents, if you can find ways to cut down on costs, do it. Don't be ashamed, especially when you get to fulfill your creative thing. So that's, you know, that's my advice. But um, there you have to, I think relying on acting or any sort of creative means as your main income, you become challenged, but you learn a lot about yourself and it pushes you to, it pushes your creative boundaries and what you're what you're what you're willing to do. That sounds a bit you know, mm. dubious. What your Capable what your capability yeah, yeah what you're capable of you know doing for yourself and pushing yourself in terms of a skill set and in terms of getting your name out there to for opportunities. So. What's been your favorite project that you worked on so far? Oh, it's a good one. To this day, probably one of the first um, things that I picked up. So it is currently in pilot mode so it's a pilot called the cleaners uh it's directed by owen baltrop and it, ha- it features another good friend of mine jesse aquininga or jesse dingo on instagram shout out um <laughs> gotta do it gotta um, do it yep so it's about two 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 uh, two bumbling idiots if i call them that who struggle to find ways to pay their rent um so they come up with a way to clean up crime scenes after people have you know been and yeah, make the money from there. So we've it initially started as a two-episode web series. Uh, it's been developed into a pilot. So hopefully something um, picks so up. So it's in the works. Yeah. So oh, fingers that's, crossed. That's amazing. With uh, a network or? Oh well, it's with the, the director now to to do that. So I'm hoping whoever. Hopefully you get the call very soon, right? Fingers crossed. Fingers and crossed. You've you've worked on quite a number of projects. How many projects in total have you worked on? Oh, have you kept wow. count? I know I've counted the amount of TV commercials that I've done and it's um, not including, oh, 
including extra parts, maybe 33 commercials I've done, um, both on TV, web, etc., etc. Um, but I think overall projects, maybe 50 plus also. Because you've I've seen you uh, work with some big ones, like you've worked with, with just recently, I believe it was Virgin Australia. Was yes, that, yes. Was that a long time ago? Oh, no, that was like quite recent. Two weeks ago. Oh, two, wow, <laughs> yeah. fantastic. So. Describe to me or, or tell me a little bit about the process working with a major airline like Virgin mm. Australia. It's a company, yeah. So um, the company that ran that promotion was called um, Hello Social. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's during, um, that's run by Sam Kelly. Um, he had seen my work for um, Sleeping Duck, the mattress. Uh, he'd seen my ads there. He'd seen my step one underwear ads as well. Um, so he found me on the internet and went through my agent and then Brought me in for another job where I wore a Teletubby costume. So that was that. And so I think from from that interaction, they were looking at the Virgin Australia brief and they felt like I'd suit it. So they just asked my agent, would I be interested? So From the Teletubby. From the Teletubby. Of all things. So shout out Dipsy, the green Teletubby. Yeah, great. You got me oh, my boy. Virgin Australia. <laughs> That's great. And what's it like, uh, the the filming wise? Mm-hmm. What's it like being on set? That that exposure mm-hmm. to the amount of crew, actors, everything like that. How have you found it? Or just in general, or with the Virgin Australia? Or with the Virgin Australia one? Then we'll go to some other mm-hmm. ones. Like we compare them. Uh, it was it was fun. The Virgin Australia one. We shot it at the airport in the Virgin Australia lounge. So I actually worked together with actual people who were, you know. Um, so flight attendants, is that the proper term for Yeah. Flight attendants, um, you know, a ground crew who Stewardess. move around. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, working with them and working with non-actors, you know, kind of reminded me like, you know, not everyone is, who appears in stuff is an actor. So it made me, you know, help with, you know, adapting to, you know, different skill sets and stuff. But it was also fun because, you know, I think the earnestness in their performances in terms of delivering lines, not being an actor was fun to play off given that, you know, I play such a goofy character mm. in the promotions as well. So, Are you naturally a goofy kind of person? Hon- honestly, I'm a very... Like a lot of people find it hard to believe uh, that I'm a very introverted kind of quiet person, um, but I'm also very adaptive to the environment. So if I see um, there's the atmosphere is kind of low and kind of quiet, and I feel like, oh, you know, maybe it needs a bit of jolting, maybe someone needs a bit to feel a little bit more comfortable, then I can adapt into that kind of goofy character. Mm. And I found I found that I've been in a lot of situations where there needs to be that kind of element for people to be quite comfortable, which I think blends into why people think I'm such a goofy, extroverted, outgoing kind of person. But it's more so the adaptation to the situation and circumstances. Because I think a lot of creatives like directors, cinematographers and you know crew members on set mostly are introverted people but they're creating something that's very extroverted you know it's very much out there for other people to see so it's very interesting when i I speak to actors as well and some actors have told me that they are naturally introverted and others are actually extroverted but then you know they just come out on screen it's something completely different Mm -hmm. altogether so it's really amazing like uh the kinds of personalities Mm -hmm. um that, that do come out so what in terms, tell me a little bit about this underwear commercial that you've been part of, because 
Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Um, you knew this was going to come up. <laughs> you just knew it. I should have been prepared. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing them right now. Well, you can't see it, but I'm wearing Shout them. Shout right out now. to Step, step, step One. one. <laughs> uh, so Sponsor that, us. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, I'm, I might talk to that. <laughs> um, so that's it. I saw. It was an ad on Starnell, once again. Um, I, I viewed it and they were looking for someone who was Polynesian Pacific Islander. And I kind of thought, oh, I don't really want to do an underwear ad. So mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about it. And then through Instagram, I got a DM message saying, oh, we'd really like you to be part of um, you know this campaign. We're looking for someone who looks like you. Uh, we've seen your work. Do you want to come work with us? And so this was during the period where I had no money, um, you know, Vegemite sandwiches all day, every day. So I thought, oh, I need to top up my Opal card. So, yeah, why not? And so did it. I didn't think anything of it. I shot two promos for it and then came out. Um, I'm not the kind of person to go out and read my my comments and stuff, but people mentioned me in there. And then just seeing the first video that I did, which was uh, web-based, uh, the views kept going up and up and up and up and up and then, there was a catchphrase from that. I think it was from that one where I'd say step one, I'd slap my knees and say, get some. And so that started to kind of not catch on, catch on with, with the thing. And like, I've seen like little, there was a, a video I saw of a little girl who said the catchphrase. So for me, just seeing that and seeing the influence it's had on like one or two people out there, I'm not, I'm not some big shot. I feel like, Oh, I'm gone viral and stuff like that. But to see, you know, people remember that kind of, you know, catchphrase and, make videos of it. it's kind of it's uh, like you know for me it's just just so you take a step back ta- and, that's, that's yeah. it yeah so it's kind of step back in and think wow that i didn't realize the impact that it had so for them they asked me to come in again and do a tv commercial so i went and did that and then just from there just every people in my dms people just commenting on my stuff on you know social media just kind of went off 95 percent of them great Three percent of them, mm, what is <laughs> not G-rated stuff, and then two percent of people were just like haters and stuff. I'm like, eh, that's okay. You got to expect that. Of course, sort of, of course, you have to. If you want to become an actor and you have stuff that's released that's you know on social media, be prepared for stupid people to comment on your stuff. So, yeah, you you can you get for for me personally, if someone wants to say, oh, you know, you're big, you're fat, I can take that, I can hack that because that's something I can change if I feel the need to. But when someone comes in and says, oh, you know, you brown this, you black this, I can't change that because that was a gift from my parents. My skin, <laughs> my race was from my parents. I can't change that necessarily. I mean, well, you know. I always like, find it funny the- how, or interesting how people always go for the race card first that, and then the body weight, the things that they, they see straight away. It's vi- but then, vi- aesthetic visual based yeah. attacks come, always come first. Visual judging is what they call it. Well, so, visual, oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay, have you noticed what's the difference between doing a, a web-based commercial between a TV commercial? Is there a difference? From what I've done in the early days, web-based stuff seemed to be... Oh, actually, that's a good question, actually. I feel like with TV-based stuff, there's more money that's been you know put into it from agency creatives and stuff like that. But I think given my recent jobs and what I've done right now, even with smaller kind of promotions where there's, you know, there's less budget, there's not a makeup artist, it's still, you know, same equipment, same kind of structure to it. So I feel depending on 
the project, like, you know, case by case basis, it's kind of roughly the same for me. But if anything, it's just web-based stuff usually doesn't have like a makeup artist or, you know, there's no catering table, which I'm fine with that. I'm not going to die. I mean, I've still got a job, (laughs) so I still get paid. So, yeah, that's like, it's minute for me, so. Do they still like feed you on? Oh the, yeah, of yeah? course, yeah, of oh, course, yeah. yeah. But there's no like massive catering table or anything like that. Yeah, there's yeah those like yeah. big perks, those you know the extra. You don't get a trailer. <laughs> no, no, I've yet to get a trailer. So you know, if you want to hire me, step one, you know, if you, you want me in your one. next ad, that's right. If you want me in your next ad, trailer or or, or nothing. That's that's awesome, man. Like, thank you for sharing that little bit of insight into it because you got a lot of experience now. Um, and looking back, what? Later. She's got a sense of humor, that one. <laughs> so looking back on your past commercials and experience and everything like that, mm. is there a standout one for you that that's the one that you've learned the most from? Or have you learned something different? from you learn one thing from each project that you've been on mm. another good question your questions are quite good i'm <laughs> very impressed i like asking people questions getting it makes me think it makes yeah. me actually think i'd probably it have to be the first big commercial that i did so it was for can i name drop yeah, yeah. Uh, so for british paint so um it was the first time like i flew to melbourne for it um, it was my first time doing so it was the first time I saw a big big ass catering table and stuff like that so for me Heaven. Every, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh it was it was just amazing and so just going through that whole experience it made it made me learn some great things and it made me learn some not so great things so to break it down like to condense it down um, there is so much hard work so what people may see on screen might be one person. Uh, behind the screen, there's like 50 million people behind the screen yeah. doing all these kind of small jobs that I feel people don't get a lo- enough love or appreciation for. So, you know, in that in the room I was shooting in part of the commercial, there were people like kind of pressed up against the wall, just out of frame. You couldn't see them in the camera. Uh, but, you know, they'd be pressed against the wall in awkward angles trying to make sure the lighting on my face looked good. Um, there's also people just, you know, hiding under the sound with, you know, all these different people behind the scenes. So it made me realize uh, productions do have all these great people who work behind the scenes that don't necessarily get the credit. So mm. big love to people who work behind the scenes and not on camera. Um, probably the flip side of that was after we'd shot it, it was great, it was done. It'd come out um, and it was on YouTube. So, you know, for me, I have memories of, oh, I remember when we did that, you know, I had that really good pasta that time. So, yeah, food-based <laughs> memories are what I had. Um, you know, I'd see the actress um, in in there um, who played my wife and, you know, she was great. You know, I remember, you know, just riffing with her and just playing around. It was great. The director was fun. Shout out to Damien Chatford. Um, and we were all Kiwis, by the way. So everyone you see in that British paint set is a Kiwi. So oh, no I, way. I felt quite at home. So that was good. Um, but then... When I see the video, I have those memories to look at in terms of what I think of when I see that ad. But then, you know, so the moment it went live, I think a couple of days after it went live, it just, all these comments started coming up, which were kind of, you know, why is this person, my name is Greg inside this ad. And then one of the comments, can I, can I yeah. talk? One of the comments was, oh, you know, I've never seen a brown person who looked like this with the name Greg before. And I thought, oh, well, you know, 
you know, expand your friendship circle. Maybe you'll see this brown people called Greg out there. It's Didn't a name. It's, like, that's it. <laughs> that's right. My goodness. And then it got to, oh, why is, I've never seen um, a brown man who's Polynesian mixed with a white woman before. I'm like, okay, hold on. This is getting a bit, this is getting a bit, how's wow. it going? And then I don't know if they were from like a same the same group or something. And then it just started going on about, you know, it was, it would it's racist because it shocks people into like mixed couples. I'm like, the hell is going on here? Yeah. I, I had a great lasagna on this show. <laughs> I had fun and you want to focus on this. Okay, fine. And so I didn't think about it for a couple of days. And then I went back and it was just like the, I know this seems really petty to look at, but just like the whole dislike meter just went really, really high. And I kept thinking, but the lasagna was really good that day and I had fun with everyone. And so at that point, I just contacted my agent. I'm like, oh, it's a, some not so great comments are coming up. And so she went, she contacted them and they've disabled the comments on there. So mm. that was, it made me realize that not everyone is going to have the same perspective as I will have when it comes There's to There's a lot of negative people there, out there. there. there it, is, yeah. It made me realize like not everyone will think of your lasagna of the day that you had on that. So it really woke me up to the fact that while you had a good time and everyone on set had a great time, there's going to be people out there who won't share the same kind of perspective. No. So from there, it made me realize, don't read the comments anymore. Um, and you have fun on set and you take from set what you enjoyed and don't let anyone else kind of kind of put you down into them. And I mean, there are brown people out there with the name Greg. You just have to, you know, expand your friendship circle. I mean, just shout out to the brown Gregs out there. <laughs> Go on Facebook, go on Instagram and, and do some, like, my goodness, people, I think a lot of the time everyone has an opinion and if they don't like something, they're more than happy to share it That's in the comfort of their own home, but they don't actually want to, like, they're not doing it, mm -mm. you know, they're not actually there on set working. Like, it's it. it's it. still a job for some people. I think for the, the film industry as a whole and for actors, they're putting themselves out there the most, mm -hmm. like in harm's way for negative comments, for backlash. And there's a lot of people out there. I'm, I'm very proud to work with all my acting friends and I'm very like, I'm very mindful that mm. whatever I do, whatever I produce, it's going to get backlash, no doubt. Mm. Like you can't stop True. it. But the best thing you can do for yourself is have the mindset that it's still okay That's for it. you. I'm still going to be an actor at the That's end of the it. day. So no, it, it's really good to hear your thoughts on it and see your, um, your mindset towards the haters and, and everything like that. So, cause at the end of the day, haters are going to what hate, right? That's it. it That's it's it. a cliche thing to say, but it's but so it's true. true. It's true. Um, it's true. so at the end of the day, keep doing what you're doing. You love it at the end of the day. And if it makes you happy, go for it. That's honestly. It. So what are you passionate about the most? you think in this in this industry in this industry yeah what well, gets Lawrence up in the morning and say for instance you've got a job coming up mm -mm. you're like what excites you about going to that new job um, I'd be lying if I didn't say catering but <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd probably say depending on again a case-by-case -case basis you know if it's getting to 
work with people that you've worked with before, you know, just, you know, um, anticipating, you know, what kind of craziness can we get up to or, you know, meeting new directors or directors you have been a fan of their work. Um, but I think for me, ultimately, it's learning. Just what can I learn today on this set? Maybe, you know, there have been some characters that you know, I've played where, you know, it's kind of comedic, which is, you know, which is fine, which have been, it's been like the the kind of staple for me to play a comedic kind of character. And so when I played a few comedic characters, I don't mind it, but, you know, my mindset is, you know, I've learned how to play a comedic character. What else can I learn? You know, you know, I've seen the, the, the actor or actress who I'm co-starring with, they've got heaps of training. I've seen their profile, you know, snuck a look at their, you know, show reels. Maybe I can learn a few techniques from them. So the first um, film that I, um, where I played a serious character who, you know, kind of, it was, I think it was based on like domestic violence stuff. So I had to play this really violent kind of character. And at that point, I had no experience doing anything serious or dramatic. Um, the actress that I worked with, um, shout out, Catherine. Oh, God, I've forgotten her name. <laughs> Insert. Oh, you, this is not visual, so you can't see anything. Um, so the actress that I worked with on that film, um, you know, she had had training. She'd went to acting school and she taught me, you know, how to be serious on a set. Because, you know, when the director would say, cut. You know, I just kind of go around and be joking because I'm the kind of person who can, once the director says cut, I can just switch, just, off. switch off and just be like kind of comedic and goofy or depending on, you know, the situation, just, you know, calm and just stare off into space. Um, but for her, to, yeah, I'm one of those kind of people. For her, she ha she's had training and she, for her to be in that character, she needed to stay within that kind of zone. So we'd call cut, you know, after, you know, she's raised like she's, they raised a knife. I'm sorry, I don't want to kill the ending for the film, but it came out already. Um, <laughs> so she raises a knife to to me almost to like to kill me as revenge for like you know being a violent kind of person, and then that was kind of intense thing. It was a kind of intense kind of scene for her, and so that you're cut, and then I'm just kind of be like, oh, you're gonna kill me. But for her, she had to keep this kind of demeanor about her. So you know, I'd learned from there. Not everyone, you know, you have to be serious on set. You know, some actors have all different approaches to how they maintain their character. Mm -hmm. So I think ultimately that was probably the best lesson I learned in terms of playing something different. I was like, this is why I don't play serious characters because I keep, you know, making bloody jokes all the time. <laughs> um, but from there, just made me learn, ah, okay, well, there are different approaches. Everyone has different kind of things. So I'd have to take my adaptation skills to the next level when it goes to the next set. So safe to say I've not played any other dramatic or serious characters from then, but for the future, I know that, I have to be aware of other people's styles and other people's ways of, of doing stuff. So, mm. yeah. It's always like that, I guess, in terms, especially in the dramatic sort of drama yeah. scenes, you get a lot of method actors and That's yeah. It. So as a comedian going from comedy into drama, mm -mm. it's a bit of a stretch for you. Yep. But yeah, just being mindful of your surroundings. That's a very good That's lesson it. as well. And have there been any you specific challenges that you come across like you've butted heads with the director about mm. creative or anything like that okay well, okay this is one i will not name drop um so on one set it wasn't directed it was um someone who was taking photography stills ah. um so we'd finished um shooting the campaign and he'd take promotional shots he or she ambiguity <laughs> would take promotional shots um, and so they were, I had to use different facial expressions and then I wasn't pulling the expression that the, that the photographer wanted. And so he had said, I think out of possibly desperation, um, 
make it look like you've been colonialized, like you know James Cook kind of thing. So you're not a you're not a wild animal anymore. You're mm. a domesticated kind of cat. And for me, I'm just like, the hell are you calling me? And you're saying like I'm an animal and not a, a human being. So from that point, I just realized, oh, well, he he managed to get the shot he wanted, ironically. But just from there, people, you know, it's learning. People are going to go about different ways of getting what they want out of you. Sometimes it might be controversial. Sometimes it might be friendly. And just now I feel like I've got a, a good good adaptation skill to, to direction and what people want after working on so many sets. But during that time, I, you know, just thought, who is this who is this douchebag who's just calling me like I'm like a feral animal and I need to domesticate myself I think naturally my face is my neutral face is kind of like a an angry kind of thinking face and so when I do commercials where like I've raised my arm I was thinking oh you know it's a totally different person so I think he just kept seeing my thinking face instead of my actor face I don't know yeah I never worked with him again or her again so <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too good. Uh, now, I guess going from uh, different sort of projects, what was your experience like working on uh, the student short film Little Doors? Oh, that was a, that was a fun one. So, um, I'd worked with um, the DOP uh, Aravin Shanavaz, who also has the Light Pirate. Um, he'd asked me to, or he was working on um, the Little Doors film directed by Brian Rodriguez. Um, and he'd asked me to audition for a chef role. So I just kind of thought, oh, I've worked with um, uh, City Film School. They've been lovely people. So I thought, yeah, why not? Um, got the part, came in, and it was heaps of fun. Heaps of fun. I still got to play a comedic kind of character, but just in a different capacity where, mm. you know, I could kind of ad-lib a few things in there. And they made the cut, so I'm quite happy with that. Uh, but it was so fun because looking at the character and how they were written and how the actor had portrayed him, like, oh, I could really see why this, why the character I was playing was really pissed off at him. So heaps of fun. Uh, they were quite open to improvisation. Got some really yummy food that day. So shout out catering table at the Little Door film. It was good. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I saw the film and I have to say you were probably the best thing in it, honestly. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go or ditch the... <laughs> the film but yeah <laughs> yeah um anyway okay so moving on a little bit more to i guess finishing up and um, because i'm very mindful of your time so three bits of advice that you could give someone that just sort of needs a little bit of a boost whether they're an actor or they're just you know someone in life some things that you've learned over the years as well um just to help someone because the idea of a story box is really to share stories mm. that help motivate, educate, and inspire people to just continue on, no matter what walk of life they're they're at at the moment. Your host coming in with the really, really good questions, making me think. <laughs> <clears throat> Always say thank you to no matter That's if it's a big ass director or you know someone on the small end who's doing a student film everyone is there to do a job and is putting 100% into the projects that they're that they're invested in regardless of the you know the standard of production so 
always be thankful, especially especially to the people who are behind the scenes, who don't really get enough love. They are doing their utmost best to make you look good on screen if you want to become an actor. Um, but it also helps with, you know, people remembering, oh, you know, that was the guy who said thank you. That is the the, the British Paints com commercial. I'd done one audition for the same casting director and I'd sent her a thank you email saying, you know, thank you for the opportunity. It was my first audition, which she remembered me for and then brought me in for the British Paints commercial. So, you know, that's where it worked out for me. But wherever, wherever even if you're outside of the industry, I think just saying thank you for the small little things that people tend to forget really makes an impact you know, someone might be having a really crappy day at like a cafe or something like that. And you, you know, you earnestly say thank you for their service. It might make their day. It might not. But it shows that, you know, you're paying attention to them and you appreciate the stuff that someone else has done for you. That's a good one. Second piece of advice in acting. Mm, oh, God. I'm going to have to edit out all those kind of ums and ahs. I <laughs> wasn't expecting to answer this question. Um Shows that I prepare them <laughs> beforehand, right? Uh, okay. Um, you, if I guess uh, from an actor's point of view, if you don't have anything to promote or if you don't have anything coming up, promote your friends, promote your friends' work, promote people who people's work that you admire because at the end of the day, if everyone's going to be strong in the creative industry. It is hard. It's tough. It's cutthroat. Uh, but you get places from supporting your peers. I feel like a post, a like, a comment, a positive comment, not a hateful comment, um, really makes a difference in terms of um, people sending things out there and getting stuff known. So people might have events, people might have a short film, people might even, you know, Insta story, something about an audition, little things like, you know, good luck with your audition really make a difference when it comes to, you know, especially the mindset of an actor and how many, you know, 50 people might be competing for one role or 300 people might be competing for one lead role or things like that. Promoting their work will mean, you know, it shows that you care and, you know, in the future, they might promote something of yours, which, you know, might catch the eye of someone else who might be invested in your work. So, you know, I have had people who, you know, posted something about their work and, you know, friends of mine have latched on and become fans of other stuff like that. So you know, promote your work. But if you don't have work to promote, promote your friend's work. Mm. It doesn't cost much or doesn't, doesn't cost anything at all. So, yeah. Mm, uh, the last last piece of advice I'd have... Oh, the, um, it is okay to have a day job as an actor. The, you should not feel ashamed to have a day job. So right now, while I'm still hustling over there, I work full time and I make jelly for, you know, Lush Cosmetics over there. You know, it's not what I want. It's not my passion. It's not what I want to do. But I know it's means to making sure I have a roof over my head. It means I have electricity in my house. I have food. So that way I can read lines of projects. I can read scripts safely in a place where, you know, I won't go hungry. Um, and, you know, I have friends who are kind enough to adapt their time to suit, you know, my needs. So, you know, working on weekends or working shoots after work. I think there's such a big, oh, in my point of view, there's such a big stigma when it comes to, you know, working a job that you might not like. So I have a few mm -hmm. actors been asking, oh, what do you do for a living? Or do you do anything? Is this your full-time thing? And they'd kind of quiet down their voice and say, oh, I I work for McDonald's or I work mm -hmm. for... The 
you work you work a job which brings in income, which means you are not homeless on the street. So own that. You know, I work at McDonald's, plus, but I'm also, you know, an aspiring actor. I'm an aspiring writer, blah, blah, blah. There is nothing wrong with having a day job. I get for some people, you know, they might think, you know, the passion lies in really putting yourself out there and focusing on that, which is, which is great. If that works for you, that is fine. But if you also work a nine to five answering phones for a job that you might not like in particular, know that that doing that kind of stuff, you know, it might be a way to train yourself as an actor. You know, if you're picking up phones and then, you know, you know, hi, how are you today? It's an opportunity possibly for you to, you know, observe and see speech patterns and how people might respond to you or maybe slick comebacks that you might have used. Not that I might have might have picked up some tips from when I used to work in a call center, but um, <laughs> might have stolen some jokes from people. Um, but if you look at working a nine to five or regular job, let that be like a learning ground or teaching ground where when you get to invest in your passion, maybe after work or during a week off, during annual leave, whatever it is, you invest in that time to think, you know, I I could sleep in a bed, I could eat food, I could listen to someone harp on about how their order wasn't, you know, cooked to perfection, blah, blah, blah. But I can invest that kind of energy into my creative work and I can use it in some way or the other. So if you have a day job, don't be embarrassed about it. That is a really good piece of advice. Well done. I'm, I'm impressed, actually. Cool. <laughs> for someone that didn't actually prepare for that question. So <laughs> great work. Thank you. So my last, I guess, four little questions is, I love asking these three ones. Cool, cool. It's what's your favorite film, mm. your favorite actor, mm. and what's the last film that you watched? Oh, this is the fun stuff, but yes. it's probably the more mind-rattling stuff. Yep. Than... Ooh, ooh. Okay, if I had to pick one of my favorite films, probably the one that had the biggest impact on me growing up was uh, the movie Ghost World. Um, so that was with, oh, I forgot who directed Terry Zygoff, who directed it, and it had um, uh, Thora Birch and Scarlett Johansson as the two leads in that film. So looking at that film, I'd watched it when I'd graduated from high school, and it was, the, the film is set, around a similar time where two people graduate from high school and kind of, you know, look at their paths going forward over there. So for me, it was such, I feel like growing up, when it comes to the stereotype of, you know, Pacific Islanders or people who might visually look like me, mm. I felt like growing up, I was a little bit different from, you know, I wasn't really into football. I, I cannot sing to save my life. I mean, I enjoy singing, but I can't sing for, just, I can't sing for crap. Um, but, you know, not having those skills where, you know, Traditionally, uh, stereotypically, Pacific Islanders might be great at. I felt like I really connected with the film in terms of where I wanted to go with my life past high school. So that really had an impact on me. And the the ending to the film, I'm not going to give it away, is quite ambiguous as to what happens to the main character, who happens to be Thora Birch. Um, but it was a it was a real eye opener for me. I remember just kind of feeling really sad watching it and thinking, okay, well. Where do I want to go with my life? So it left me questioning a lot for, you know, when I finished high school to when, you know, I went to uni for a little bit and then eventually started working. And it's still to this day one of my favorite films of all time. I don't think I've heard of that movie before. Oh, you should, so, you should check it out, man. It's I've, pretty cool. The last couple of uh, people I've had on here that mentioned movies that I haven't heard of oh. before. And I'm just like, man, I need to get, I need to start watching these movies because obviously they left an Im impact or imprint on on their lives so true, true, true. so your favorite actor oh i'd have to say oh, probably parker posey 
Um, so she's been, I first saw Parker Posey in Scream 3 and I thought, you know, this is a horror movie and there's this one actress in it who's just kind of a little bit too comedic for my liking. So everyone was getting killed off while she was kind of making sly jokes about it on the side. I kept thinking, what is this? And so I'd always remember, oh, that's the weird chick from Scream 3, you, you know, who, who spoiler alert, who gets murdered. Um, <laughs> so don't watch Scream 3 if you're watching it to see if she stays alive. Um, but then I invested, I watched, um, I saw the reboot of Lost in Space. Um, and she played um, Dr. Dr. Smith. Smith. Yeah. yeah. And so she, initially it was uh, a male part, which they've, you know, general, oh, this guy, I won't spoil it for you, but there's a reason why she's called Dr. Smith in there, but you have to watch it. You know, season two is coming out. Shout out. Oh, so it's not the actual movie Lost in Space. No, no, it's the, oh, TV, so it's series. the TV, series. TV series. Gotcha. Um, so she played it and I just I just looked at her face and kept thinking, oh, this is, who is this? Oh, like, I really liked how she played such a cold killer in such an environment where, you know, people are striving to survive. But it was her, Parker Posey's kind of, interpretation of the character being such a person that you just want to punch in the screen but you could also understand the motivations to survive in that so i looked at her back catalog and i, I loved her in um uh indie film back based you know, i think came out in 1995 which is called party girl and it was it's it's sort of it's really hard for me to explain why i love parker posey um but she brings an element to the films that she is, which is quite memorable for me. I can only speak for myself. Um, she's uh, she's done other stuff. She's done a few other stuff. Like she's done like a Pepsi commercial with like Jimmy Fallon and they're crazy dancing around as well. Um, but I think what made her my favorite actress was actually um, I bought her her book um, "You're on an Air or You're on an Airplane," which is like a self mythologizing kind of um, autobiography that she had, and so. Some of the content in there, you know, some of the things are like, oh, well, you know, I kind of don't get what she's on about. But I think it was the way that she was telling her story um, in her book about her own life and, you know, the way she described people in her family. It's not like, oh, you know, my mom was great. Well, my dad was cool. It was like this kind of lengthy, verbose kind of all these adjectives and descriptors that usually when it comes to describing everyday kind of people, you think, oh, they're talking about like some like legendary God or something or mm -hmm. some terrible supervillain. No, it's just, it was her family. I think I love how she tells a story both on and off screen. So Parker Posey, you should check out her stuff. Wow. Did not know that. Great insight <laughs> to another act actress. Um, and your last movie that you watched. I, I feel like this will be like a disappointing, <laughs> disappointing I think I've just kind of caught on Netflix. I think the last movie I watched, what was it? Ooh. I think it was either the Spice Girls movie <laughs> or, 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 or what was it? It was... I love this it question. Was some, it, was some, it was some film where just... I think Franca, Franca, Franca Patente was in it and she's... Trapped at a train station and I don't know, creep. I think it was creep or train or something like that. We'll stay with Spice Girls. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like just a sidebar, I feel like Victoria Beckham's acting skills in that film was it was better than what people give her, you know, credit for, but you know. That was just kind of me as a seven-year-old, like watch them like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I thought I'd go back for the nostalgia. It's a terrible film, but 
you know, that's probably the last it, thing. I've it watched. actually really is, but still. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess moving forward, what's next for you? So I've just just yesterday I've shot more commercials for the Stepan underwear range. So there's one coming out soon, and another Christmas one coming out. So you can look forward to that. Um, another campaign another uh, is for a. Am I allowed to name drop? Yeah, yeah. Um, for Jump Online, which is an Australian-based booking system, so that's a national campaign. So I might be on a billboard or two, maybe. Oh, um, by the time this comes out, I'm Big not things. on a billboard. Well, then. Um, but yeah, I've been receiving auditions and stuff for a lot more serious roles and for movie stuff. So, you know, I haven't been successful yet, but hopefully the seeds are planted in time through my auditions. Maybe, you know, sometime in the future, something serious would come along. Um, I've also focusing on like music production, which is like another side thing. Again, can't sing, but you know, I don't have any other connections in the industry. So I thought, well, why not get myself out there? Yeah. It's it's not great music, but you know if you if you're interested, <laughs> just take it check it out. Because yeah, what's that? Uh, you got an Instagram page? Is that you that runs it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's that's quite interesting. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm t- <laughs> it's me in like at home in my bed, just like replying to comments and stuff. <laughs> not in an office somewhere, and everything's automated. No. Wow, that, that's incredible. Well, thank you so much, Lawrence, for coming on to the Storybox and sharing your experience and dropping your knowledge and. The laughs as well, always always good fun. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for Lawrence's work as well. And you can, I'll link everything uh, of his work in the description below and you can follow him on Instagram. Do that, shout out to Lawrence. Thanks Woo! so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Lawrence, for coming on to the Storybox podcast and sharing your stories with us. Really do appreciate you giving up your time. What did you guys think? Did you guys enjoy it? I know I enjoyed interviewing Lawrence and hearing his stories. So if you did like it, then please let Lawrence know. You can uh, send him a direct message through his Instagram account. I'll put everything in the show notes below so you can do that as well. Share it out if you did like this episode. Uh, If you did get something out of it, then please share it out to your friends, family, through Instagram, Facebook. Let people know about the story box. So the more people know about the story box, the better it is. So the more information we get out there, I guarantee you the next guest um, for next week's episode is quite informative and I know you guys are going to get something out of it. We've got a Hollywood producer coming on, so that's who I can share. (laughs) A little bit of a spoiler for you guys. So if you did stick around to the very end, I guarantee you it it was worth your while. Okay. So anyway, guys, um, hopefully you you did did, did get something out of it and you're able to share it around to um, anyone that you know. So until next week, guys, don't forget to share your stories around. Okay. Have a good one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.